Hey, it's 2018. Happy New Year. Are you ready? How's everybody doing? How you doing? How you doing? I'm Larry Thibodeau, Larry Tib, LT. You can call me what you want. Just glad you're here. Thanks for stopping by. Let's pick up the conversation where we left off the last time. It's been a little while since I posted something. Figured I needed to get back on this horse, get busy again, get busy with it. But before we do anything, I just want to wish you a, a happy new year. I hope everything this year works out for you. If last year was a good year, I hope this year is better. And if last year was kind of a shitty year, I hope this year is a little less shitty for you. I always get excited around the new year. It's always an exciting time for me. It's kind of like I get to hit the restart button. Well, actually not a restart button, a try again button. You know, like if uh, from those office commercials where they got the that was easy button, if I had one that said try again, it feels like that when the new year rolls around. Because you can't really relive the past. I don't want to restart so to speak. Uh, But I can build off of my past experiences. We all can. So I want to make sure and make my 2017 experiences count and the things that I did well continue to do well and the things that I kind of fucked up a little bit. Don't fuck up anymore. How's that? So there you go. That's what we got. You know, I was going to start out this with telling you what my 2018 resolutions are, what I've um, set my goals for. But I think This year is about less talk and more action. Or as the great Def Leppard once sang, give me action, not words. All you old farts will know that song because it was pretty damn cool. Yeah, so I will tell you about one resolution because I've already done it. I can check this one off. It's a simple one. Not all resolutions need to be mammoth, right? This was just sushi. I wanted to try sushi this year. And as luck has it, I was able to try it right at the end of the year, last year. But I'm going to count it for this year because they're my resolutions and that's what I get to do. I've only been deep sea fishing one time in my life. But when we went, it was awesome. It was really awesome. We caught a whole lot of tuna and it was a lot of fun. We drank beer and fished all day. How could that not be fun? But when we rolled back into port there... Um, the captain, the first mate, they pull out one of the tuna and they, uh, proceed to cut it up. And a few of the guys that I went with, uh, they all sat around and, and just cut meat off of this fish and ate it. Sushi. Hey, this is awesome. You should try it. But it really geeped me out. I, I didn't want to eat the flesh, the raw flesh of a fish at a dock somewhere. Not only did I think it was disgusting, I thought I could also get parasites from it. So I never did it. <laughs> I know that's kind of bullshit, but that's how my mind works. Anyways, it's been on my bucket list. I said, you know what? I have to man up and try sushi at some point. So I did. I went out to lunch with some of my friends, and I had a couple pieces. Quite honestly, it it had no taste. I didn't dunk it in anything. I didn't do that whole wasabi soy sauce thing that I could have done that everybody tells you to try. And I've tried that sauce before. I'm down. You know, I've actually had that kind of, I don't know if it's real sushi or if it's fake sushi, that kind of stuff that you get at Wegmans. Trace and I would go to Wegmans sometimes and get those. 
I think they're called California rolls, maybe. I'm not really sure. They're just kind of these little cut up batter fried type things. I always kind of refer to them as like the, the redneck sushi. Uh, it's what us Americans eat. As long as it's uh, fried up and it tastes like batter, I'll eat anything. So I've eaten that stuff before, but I never ate the real raw stuff, the fish, like the raw flesh of a fish. And I tried it. I tried two pieces and I just went, you know, piece of fish on, on a little thing of rice and I chewed it up. And quite honestly, it reminds me of what maybe just like if I bit my arm and bit a piece of flesh off of it or something, it was had a weird texture, very unusual texture. It didn't taste bad. It didn't taste like fish. It really didn't taste like anything. It just kind of tasted loose uh, and gel-like. And I don't know if I like the texture so much, but I did it. So I can check that one off. That resolution is done. I'm batting a 1,000 as of today. So that's awesome. But hey, before we go on any further, I think it's time that I give you a public service announcement because there's something on my mind that we need to talk about. People, we need to take action. So let me kick on a cool sound here. Let's try this one. Ladies and gentlemen, the following is a public service announcement. Oh, I fucked that up. Let's try it again. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, the following message is a public service announcement. Okay. Third time's got to be a charm, and we're going to get it this time. All right? Ready? Ladies and gentlemen, the following is a public service announcement brought to you by the simple thrills of a standard man. Uh, There you go. Let's get down to business now. All right. There's our cool intro, cool sound effect, and now let's get down to business. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to go on an education crusade. We need to raise awareness across this country for all the idiots that live in our society. We need to teach people, tell people, educate them that you shouldn't throw things from overpasses. Young kids are throwing rocks and sandbags and heavy shit off of overpasses on passing cars. And they're killing people. These kids are nothing more than idiots. We are raising a society of idiots. And I'll tell you how I know they're idiots. Do you ever remember being reminded by your parents, guardians, your elders to not throw heavy things from overpasses onto passing cars? Were you ever told that? And I'll bet the majority of people will say, no, they were never told that. Yet, they knew not to throw heavy things off of overpasses because you could potentially kill people. Thus, the people who are throwing heavy things off of bridges are idiots. If you're responsible for one of these idiots, if one of these idiots are yours, I'm sorry, but they're an idiot. You must teach them. We must teach our society. And I'm concerned for a number of reasons. Even if I've never had one thrown at me, I'm concerned for my fellow drivers on the road. I don't want anybody to get hit by something heavy and potentially die. More so, my family drives. I don't want one of my boys or my wife or my friends, anybody, 
my brother, my parents, to be driving and have something heavy thrown on top of them. We must make this a crusade. We must stop the idiotism in our country, if that is such a word, which I doubt. Hey, I'm not a literary scholar, but it's a good idea, don't you think? Actually, you know, I got hit with spit once on a ride, a uh, ride at uh, this amusement park in near Richmond called King's Dominion. There's this big boat that kind of goes in this big loop up into the air, like you go hang upside down. It's just like a never-ending loop, just in a big circle. But as it's taking off, the boat goes back and forth, but it picks up enough steam to go and do a complete loop. But in the seat I was in, looking directly across, you know, in my line of sight, on the other side of the boat, there was a boy, probably two, three years younger than me. And that boat started rocking back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And when it got into one position where he could spit and that spit dropped right into my eye socket. Big old loogie. I saw him do it. I knew he did it. And he knew I was coming for him afterwards. When that ride got done, I met him at the exit gate. I just wanted to scare him. Grabbed his shirt. Did you fucker? What'd you do that for? I'm real sorry. I'm real sorry to me too. And he went taking off. But I guess I was lucky because the dumbass didn't bring a six-pound rock like those assholes in Michigan did to that 32-year-old driver. Drop a fucking six-pound rock on top of his car that went through his windshield and killed him. Maybe I'm lucky that I only got spit on. Maybe I'm lucky I was raised at a time when there wasn't that many idiots. So people, let's do it for the good of our society. Let's slow the idiots down a little bit. Let's educate them. Okay, enough with idiots. Let's move on. You know, I was going to do a whole Christmas recap and tell you what happened, but I feel like it's a little bit too far past. We are now into the new year. We're into different things. The emotion of Christmas or the excitement of Christmas has passed. It was good. It was chill. It was uh, sort of low-key for us, and that's exactly what we needed. And then New Year's came around. We did our New Year's Eve tradition. Our tradition is simple. You probably will think I'm a nerd, but you know what? I don't care. I like our tradition. Our tradition is very simple. It doesn't include alcohol. It doesn't include parties. It doesn't include those streamers or those little things that you go, Happy New Year, whoop, and you blow that little thing that looks like a frog tongue out of your mouth and wear a a funky-looking sparkly hat. Our tradition is dinner and a movie. I am afraid of the drunkards that get on the road around New Year's. We all are. My wife and I are very hesitant. So we like to rope it in. We like to stay local. We like to keep it keep it close. We like to do something nice and calm. It's dinner and a movie. We've done every we've gone to the same place for dinner for the last 5 years and uh we go see a movie afterwards. And that's it. That is our New Year's. Sometimes we don't even make, most of the time, we don't even make it up to midnight. What's your New Year's tradition? What do you guys do? You out and party? The other advantage of not going out and partying on New Year's is I never have a hangover the next day. And we got into this thing where we're running. We run part of a 50K on New Year's Day just to kind of say, this is how I want to welcome in my year. Not like, oh, I'm getting old and my knees hurt and my back hurts and I'm hungover and I feel like I want to throw up. We go out, 
and we run. And that's what we did again this year. So that's our New Year's Eve tradition. And then moving on, we've had a lot of things going on. Oh, I went to a hockey game the other night. It was really cool. The Capitals played the New Jersey Devils. I've never seen New Jersey play. I've never seen the Caps play them. It was awesome. My friend got free tickets, and we were like 10 rows from behind New Jersey's goalie. It was awesome because the Caps' offense was on that night. They were killing. They were crushing. And I got to see it right there. What was really funny is that there was a guy sitting in front of us, and he looked a little disheveled kind of messy. You know how some people keep scruff on their face uh, and it looks kind of stylish and then other people look like they have scruff on their face and you go, dude, you need to shave. You look like you're, you know, you're in trouble or you're, you're, you're at a bad low point in your life. He looked a little more like that. And uh, he was super, super drunk and he was on a phone yelling at somebody about something. And there's a guy that always goes to the games, to all the Capitals games. And uh, he has a really, really loud, bellowing voice. The arena fits probably eighteen to 20,000 people, I imagine. There's a hockey game going on, but this dude will start yelling, Let's go, Caps! Let's go, Caps! And you can hear his voice over everything. It's almost like he has a mic on him, but I don't think he does. It's just a dude in the crowd. He just, he has good seats at the Caps games, probably season ticket holder. And you can hear him, Let's go, Caps! And when he does that, then everybody starts chanting, let's go Caps after him. Well, this guy that was sitting in front of us, let's call him Otis, like the guy from Andy Griffith, because he kind of reminded me of that. This Otis dude, he turns around and looks at me and says, what did that guy say? Like he's kind of mad. And he's like, did he say, watch your mouth? Did he say, watch your mouth? And so every time the dude would go, let's go Caps, he would respond with, watch your mouth. And he looked like he started getting mad. So I was like, that's unusual, but, but hey, he's drunk. Maybe he's never heard it before. So then in the in the middle of the third period, when that finishes, he says, all right, I'm out of here. You know, and he high fives everybody around him, tanks his beer, and then he picks up this bag that looked like of clothes, like a garbage bag full of clothes, and he w- leaves the stadium. And we all start going, was that dude homeless? My buddies were like, I think that guy was homeless. Did someone just give him a ticket to the game? Because it was really cold outside. And then my mind kicked in. I started thinking all this weird shit. Like maybe he killed somebody for the ticket. Maybe he was so cold and there was some guy that just one dude that was going to the game by himself. And he had his ticket and his wallet and his phone with him. And this homeless dude just killed him because he couldn't take the cold anymore. And he wanted to watch a hockey game. So I put this whole thing together. I'm like, that's what happened. This dude actually killed somebody. He's in there enjoying a beer off of that guy's dime. He's using his phone to make phone calls. And that dude was never going to go back home. I got the whole thing worked out in my mind. And I know that it's all bullshit. But it made for a good story. Made me think about it. I says, I got to keep my eyes open. If there's a new story for anyone who was supposed to go to a Caps game, but they never showed up or they never came back home, I'll know to tell them to look in the, the side with uh, with New Jersey's goalie, and they'll see it. They'll see him. So that was it. That was a lot of fun. God, I love hockey. And what else has been going on? Oh, the car. The car saga. Our car saga. Colin's car was totaled. It was totaled. Last time I told you that he got into an accident. And, uh, yep, sure enough, our, our sweet deal, his ride. 
is was totaled. Of course, they the payout didn't pay off the vehicle. We had to take a little money out of pocket, but it was close. That was good. Then the search was on, and Colin wanted the exact same year. He has a CRV. He wanted the same year. He likes the little bit of the older ones. He likes the ones that look a little more boxy, not as round. He thinks the boxier square ones, 2004 to 2006 time frame. He likes the way those look. Thinks they look more like guy SUVs, not so rounded. I had to each his own. I'm cool with it. So we were off to find a good deal. And I'll tell you what, I absolutely love shopping for shit. Not shopping in the traditional sense. Not like that. I don't like to drive to stores and go in and window shop and browse and think about things that I might potentially may or may not buy. Absolutely not. I hate that. I would rather get bamboo under my... No, I'm being dramatic. Of course, I would rather not rather get bamboo under my fingernails than go shopping, but I don't like shopping in the traditional sense. But if it's online and I can search around and I know exactly what I'm looking for, you know, I had a target at 2004 to 2006 Honda CRV. What was acceptable for us? We were preferring under 100,000 miles, but let's face it, Honda engines pretty much last forever. You can get 300,000 miles out of them if you take care of them. I know someone be- someone out there probably has a bad experience with the Honda and will tell me the Toyotas are better. I think the same for all those, you know, traditional brands, the foreign cars, Japanese cars in particular. But I'll throw Korean ones in there too. I just think they make a better car. I don't know. I've owned American cars. And the Japanese cars just seem to fare better. The Korean cars seem to fare better. What am I talking about? Hyundai. I think that's a Korean made car. Uh, I'm pretty impressed with Kia. And I'll tell you this about the Korean market, electronics market. I really like their TVs and this LG brand. Washer and dryer. Heck yeah, buddy. That's good stuff. Good appliances. Anyways, back to cars. I'm just searching. I spent a whole week searching. Got kind of excited. I think I can find it. And here's what I learned about CRVs. I figured in 2017, the end of 2017, the beginning of 2018, that there wasn't a big market for 2004 to 2006 CRVs. But I was wrong because every time I would find one, they'd go pretty quickly. It's pretty amazed. I mean, there's a big inventory of them out there. But the good deal ones, they go fast. There's apparently a lot of people looking for the same kind of car. So I'd find one. We'd go look at it. Ah, oh, it's a piece of shit. I'd find another one. We'd call back. Hey, can we schedule a look at it? Oh, it's gone. Found another one. Oh, it's gone. So Friday, we found one in Pennsylvania. We were willing to drive 200 mile radius to find the perfect deal for us. I get home from, I got off of work early. We're getting ready to load up the car. I call the dealership, make sure that the vehicle's still there. Oops, sorry, we just sold it an hour ago. That really sucked. I'm feeling like hopeless now. Now I've taken off a part of day of work. We're not even going to go get a vehicle. Then Tracy, she gets on the computer, and in 10 minutes, she finds one that was just brought into a local dealership. Somebody just traded it in. They just listed it that day, probably within the hour. We called them. The manager barely recognized that they had the car in inventory. They had to verify it because it hadn't made it through the entire process yet. But we got our hooks on it. We started tracking that. And here's a good tip for you. If you're in the market for a used car, when you take it on a test drive, look in the glove box for information on the previous owners. 
because while we were on a test drive, Tracy happened to look in the glove box and guess what we found? In one of the books, an old copy of a registration for the people that owned the vehicle before us. So we called them. We just said we wanted, we were looking for a vehicle for one of our kids. We wanted to find out if anything was wrong with it. Turns out the vehicle was driven about 20 miles a day by one of the people that owned it. I think the wife drove, the husband didn't drive, even drive. The wife absolutely loved the car. She loved it. She said she would have kept it, but she just wanted a new vehicle because she had it for 14 years. Nothing wrong with it. Never in an accident. We lucked out. We really, we got it for a steal and we could use it as leverage. So let that be a lesson to you. If you're in the market, that works. It really helped us out. And it gave us a peace of mind, you know, that we're going to go, we are finding that we found something that we at least knew wasn't a lemon out the door. Not to say that there won't be problems with it, because I imagine there will be at some point. But uh, we know that it wasn't. But man, I love searching for shit. I don't even really care about buying it. I just want to find stuff. I really like doing that. The other thing that's going on in our life here is it's the battle of dominance. It is on like Donkey Kong with my dogs. Molly's still here. She's She'll be here for a little bit longer, but she's now decided she wants to be top dog. And our, one of our JRTs, Dobby, she's the middle one. She's about 12. She's the broken coach. She's a little bigger than all of our other dogs. She's been the, the dominant or she's been the alpha in the dog pack. I know Caesar Milan would tell us the owners need to be the alphas. We need to be the leaders of the pack. And they respect us like that. But there's still a hierarchy within the dog hierarchy, the dog pack. And uh, Molly wants to be top dog. So she just started uh, fighting anytime there was, get this, anytime we would eat snacks in the living room or we would have, we bring our food like our dinner. We're a typical American family. Sometimes we like to eat at the dinner table. Other times we like to sit in front of the TV, watch the suck box, suck our minds into the box while we eat. So we'd eat a snack, we'd eat in there, and then all of a sudden Molly would start attacking Dobby when we're in the family room, the living room. It's not really the living room, family room, whatever. You know what I'm saying. The room with the TV that's next to the kitchen. So there you go, Molly. She's attacking Dobby. Anytime there's food in the family room. So now we can't eat in front of the TV. That really cramps my lounging style a little bit. Cramps my style. We got to fix that dog. So we got a shot collar for her. And all you people that are against shot collars, I don't care. That's not like we're shocking the fuck out of her. It's not like the Home Alone movie where we can see her skeleton every time we click that thing on. We just give her a little jolt to get her attention because she's very strong-minded. Strong-willed. Hell, they were even fighting at the food bowl for a little while, but that's calmed down. So we're kind of dealing with that. So that's it. That's what's been going on. Just kind of getting back into the swing of things. I'm starting my diet again. I'm still a fatty bow baddie. One of my goals this year is to lose a little weight. Because I want to have a good running season. A running season like I used to have, where I was faster. And let's face it. The lighter your body is, the faster you are, for the most part. I would say for all parts, but, you know, we'll leave that one out there. The person that can be 260 pounds and just kick ass at running, good for you. So anyways, oh, there's a couple of things I saw in the news that I've been wanting to talk to you about. 
Two things in particular. First, I don't know if you saw this on CNN. I'm sure it was at other places. Now, this this was on CNN probably two weeks ago or so. Maybe, let's see. Let me look it up. I think it was the 20th. The 20th of December this was posted. But the, the title of the article is Aliens, Flying Discs, and Sightings. Oh, my. A Short History of UFOs in America. And what it is, is it's a, it's the Department of Defense released a video captured by a Navy pilot that was taken in 2004 of some object that is just going all over the place, blipping all over the place. And the pilot believes that it's some form of extraterrestrial life, uh, that it's some type of flying saucer, basically. This video was released from a project uh, that was called Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program. And, um, so that thing they said was kept secret until recently. And then they released, are releasing these videos that they captured under this, um, program. The interesting thing about it is, is in a, in a previous, uh, podcast, I talked about an interview that, uh, Tom DeLong, the lead guitarist of Blink 182, did with, uh, Joe Rogan, where he talked about how he was working with the government on introducing to the public that extraterrestrial life exists and the government knows about it and flying saucers and aliens are real and the government knows about it and, uh, you know, we need to bring the public into this. He's had this whole thing. I think he talks about that program in that interview. If I remember correctly, he does. So I don't know, maybe he knew of the stories, these stories that are posted in December. He knew of them back in whenever that interview was taken, which I think was September earlier in 2017 maybe maybe he already knew of it but i don't know if he if he knew about it before anything was released about it that there's yet another thing to make you go wow could this should be real makes me wonder it should make you wonder i don't know if anything keeps my interest the story keeps my interest a little bit i want to see where this goes see how far it goes and and don't forget, there's all that WikiLeaks stuff out there. Apparently, uh, the WikiLeaks stuff that got out last year shows where government officials were talking to Tom DeLonge over email about this stuff. It was all released in the WikiLeaks stuff. I haven't looked at it myself. I don't have a real big interest to go digging around that WikiLeaks stuff. But here's my thoughts on it. They claim that that exists in the WikiLeaks stuff. All right? People claim that it exists when all that stuff came out. If it didn't exist, someone would have already gone public and said it doesn't exist. So for the lack of information of people saying that it doesn't exist, makes me believe that it does. So stay tuned for that. Some real interesting shit. If if it's true, uh, I think we're going to find out some interesting shit come down the pipe pretty soon. So, so stay tuned on that. Oh, let's talk about one more idiot. This is from December 26. I don't know if you heard of this one, but there was a father in Phoenix. A father bent his baby in half in order to shut him up from crying. The little, the six-month-old baby was annoying the dad, so he held the little kid's, the baby's, not even little kid, the infant's legs up over his head until the baby went limp and stopped moving and eventually died. He also admitted that he had bitten the kid a couple of times out of being annoyed. I don't know about you. I don't know how you feel about something like that. But to me, that's about as low as you can get. 
That is the lowest of low. I would be fine with whatever justice we deem on him. I could care less. I could care less what they did to him. Because he's a piece of shit. That dude's a that dude's a fucking asshole. Shit, we could throw him in the water, feed him to the sharks for all I care. Fuck that dude. But I don't want to end on something like that. That's not too fun to end on. Let's end on something interesting. I've been searching around at bands lately. I found one recently that was pretty cool. They sound to me exactly like Bon Jovi. So I wanted to share this with you. You tell me what you think. I think you're really going to enjoy it. So let's kick off this video that I found and uh, see what you think. like them, doesn't it? I thought you'd think so. Let's listen to a little more. Now, what do you think? I know. Are you saying, wait a minute, that's just Bon Jovi live. <laughs> Good gracious, man. I guess that band was Russian. And uh, let me read you some of the cool comments. I feel drunk after watching this. Someone else said, Welp, at least I feel a little more confident in my own singing now. Another dude says, and it's in Russian and English, so I assume that he's a Russian dude. He says, my sound card is bleeding. That sounds like a song for you. And then, of course, William Z chimes in, still better than Bon Jovi. Gotta love it. Oh, well, that's some of the information that we can share with each other that's readily available out on the Internet. And there you have it. So I shared with you something that I found. So anyways, I think we'll leave the conversation here and we'll pick up again next time. Just to want to let you know, though, that we are working on social media stuff. So we will have our social media tools things, accounts set up and going soon so that we can get in actual real life contact with you. Or you can get in contact with us if you want. But anyways, I hope you have a good one and uh, we'll talk again soon. See ya. See ya.